a really, really warm welcome to all of you that have joined this lunchtime conversation. Um, the title is A Better Connected West Yorkshire, and I think we'd all like a bit more of that. Um, and uh, I'm really delighted uh, to be joined by the Mayor of West Yorkshire, Tracy Brabin. Welcome, uh, Tracy, to this uh, to this conversation. And I mean, no better person uh, to discuss with us a better connected West Yorkshire. Um, the, this event is part um, of the Urban Transport next series of uh, conversations and the urban transport group is the uk's network of city region transport authorities and of course uh, west yorkshire combined authority is a member of the urban transport group and uh, the urban transport group is to ensure um, that um, west yorkshire um, and all other regions play their their part, their full part in making sure that all of our city regions are greener, fairer, happier, healthier, more prosperous, and of course, great places to travel uh, in. Um, to introduce myself, I'm Jürgen Meyer. I'm the vice chair of the Northern Powerhouse Partnership, which is all about um, creating a more prosperous north of England and connectivity and transport being keen to that. I also grew up in Leeds when I came to this country in the 1970s from Austria and then Germany. Um, so it's a particular uh, delight to be talking about transport in my old city. Indeed, my mum still lives in Moortown, is probably on a bus in Leeds somewhere as we speak right now. Um, I will have a conversation with Tracy, and you all can ask your questions too. Please use the Q&A button, not the chat button. So there's a Q&A button at the bottom. Ask your questions in there, and then I'll do my best to pick them up and bring them into uh, the conversation. And feel free to join the conversation on Twitter as well, where the hashtag is UTGnext. So please do feel free to Twitter away. So Tracy, we're going to uh, to just to, to do a bit of a uh, um, a warm up, and uh, you know because obviously we're talking about transport, but you know there are many reasons why you wanted to become uh, the mayor of West Yorkshire, and uh, just to ask you the question: What made you go from your previous career, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about as well, being in the world of acting, uh, to to wanting to become the mayor of West Yorkshire. Well, Jürgen, growing up, I didn't think, oh, when, I, when I'm a big girl, I'll be the mayor of West Yorkshire. That definitely wasn't the plan. Um, and like you say, I spent three decades as an actor and a writer. Um, but growing up in Batley um, and growing up in social housing as a free school meals kid, I was very aware of the support I'd had into my chosen career and how I was able to flourish. Um, because of that support. And so I was always a Labour Party member and activist and supporting MPs and councillors during their election campaigns. And that's how I met Jo Cox. Um, she was standing in Batley and Spen, which is my hometown. 
we got to be friends and uh, we campaigned after our election of, uh, against the closures of libraries. We had a, a common passion there. And then it's a, it's a very sad and tragic story that after her murder, um, one of her friends, when I said, what can I do, said, do you want to be an MP? And suddenly it dawned on me that, um, you know, as her friend, but also as it was my community and I was an activist and support, you know, all the Labour values, um, we needed to put this right because it was so wrong that uh, somebody of so much talent could be taken from us. So I stood, I was elected in a horrendous by-election. Then there was a snap general election six months in. And then uh, I was um, uh, elected with a bit more of a manifesto of my own. And then I, I was an MP for five years, four years on the shadow front bench. But when we were talking about devolution, Jürgen, I was looking around to try and find a woman to get behind because all the mayors in the UK are men. Um, I've always said, you know, women in leadership, you know, we need more diversity at the top. And I just realized that I had to put my money where my mouth was because for five years as the, as a, the MP in opposition, even on the shadow front bench, I saw so many problems in my community that I couldn't really solve because I didn't have power and I didn't have money. Being the mayor you have exactly those things. You have the power to lead and set the trajectory uh, for the future, but you also have the money to be able to deliver on the ground. And so whilst colleagues in Westminster might say, why do you want to go into local politics? My question to them is, why don't you want to be a mayor? Because the, the mayors at the moment, I, I really do feel is where the action is. And devolution is definitely working for West Yorkshire. Fantastic. I mean, what a what a story, Tracy. And uh, and 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 look, I, I mean, it is such a horrible and and sad story about Joe Cox. But I tell you, I bet she'd be so proud that you, as her friend, is uh, well took the MP job and now is uh, is the mayor uh, of uh, of of West Yorkshire. And uh, and speaking on behalf of the Northern Powerhouse Partnership, you know we. We are delighted to have you. And it's exactly that, Tracy, isn't it? You know, it is, you know, our mayors, I mean, they're all wonderful, but they are a bit sort of male. Um, and I'm a big fan uh, of diversity and inclusion as a gay man myself. As a matter of fact, we could do with a gay mayor, couldn't we, uh, Tracy? Uh, but uh, but as a... Uh... comment there, actually, Jürgen. <laughs> so, uh, but we're, we're great. We're really grateful uh, to have you. Now, has... As it, is it turning out to be what you expected, uh, uh, Tracy? I mean, you say you know this this amazing impact you can have, and and is it is it as enjoyable and uh, as, as as you thought it would be? I actually didn't know what to expect, but I can't tell you how satisfying, challenging, thrilling, um, and um, exhilarating it is to be a mayor because every day is so different. The Venn diagram of responsibilities. Um, I'm also the police and crime commissioner. So being able to use my lived experience as a, as a woman who's experienced sexual violence, to be able to use that experience to set an agenda to make West Yorkshire the safest place to be a woman or a girl. I mean, goodness me, it doesn't get much better than that. To be able to put right some of the things I believe are you know unfair in society or wrong um, is is a real gift and devolution um, like I say that Venn diagram to be able to tackle transport but also from a safety perspective or to tackle skills from a housing perspective and vice versa 
it's it's really does deliver much more than it says on the tin. Yeah, no, I I bet. Yeah, so so let's turn the conversation to to transport uh, a little bit, and maybe you know start with well, both of our experiences actually, because I do remember coming to Leeds in 1974, and uh, and and we lived in Shadwell, um, and initially I went to school very close where I could walk to, but then when I went to comprehensive school, I did get on the bus, um, and I used to go on the bus from Shadwell over to. Uh, um, Moortown. I went to Allerton Grange High School. Actually, it's just in Moortown, Chapel Allerton border, isn't it? And uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't have it as the best experience of public transport in my memory. I've got to say. Um, I mean, what's what's what what has yours been as growing up in Batley, and but then more importantly, what's your experience now of of public transport in Leeds? Well, I share your frustration because I used to have to walk almost a mile from Howden Clough to Bristol to get the bus to Edmundwike. So I, I feel your pain. But unfortunately, things don't seem to have got better, do they? And the, the, the fact that I also am a commuter myself, I use the trains and buses. I also see buses that don't turn up, those ghost buses, buses that are full, buses that say, you know, that, that pass you by without stopping. Um, that you have to wait another hour for if you miss. And that London-style transport network that we're all yearning to have. The bus network is not good enough. And that's why well, uh, I, I said right from the beginning, we have to get that connectivity right. Um, we have low car ownership in West Yorkshire. And w- working class people and people in areas of deprivation are three times more likely to use buses than others. So... There is a role for me to grow the economy. And the way you do that is to connect people um, uh, that don't have that opportunity to jobs and to skills. So the way you do it is through a better connected bus network. We don't have that currently. So that's why we've gone through the whole process And we're now at the point of consultation with the public about whether I take the decision in March next year to franchise our bus network because we have to rely on that connectivity for communities that don't have a railway station, but also to have a transport plan that includes mass transit and that mass transit is fed by the bus network and that the bus network and mass transit also support active travel. So it is actually a really exciting moment for West Yorkshire to have this plan to reinvent um, the offer for the public. So one thing that I needed to do was to build patronage. After COVID, the numbers of people using buses was falling. And so whatever we needed to do, we had to get more people to use buses, whatever the outcome of the consultation. So that's why we were the first in the country to bring in mayor's fares, the two pound capped fare. And up to April, 2023, um, we've saved the public 11 million pounds on their bus travel. And we have seen an uptake in bus usage. We have um, uh, in an audit of uh, people's feedback uh, saying that the buses are now, uh, the the fares are simpler and have encouraged them to use the buses. So that is working, but no point in mayor's fares if a bus doesn't come. So that's why I've been investing some of the BSIP money into reinstating those routes that bus operators have cut. So we have to make it cheaper 
more reliable, but also greener. And that's why I'm really focused on making sure we have um, electric buses. We only have 2% electric buses in West Yorkshire. So I'm, uh, our ambition is in the first instance, 19%, we can do that. And then of course, wouldn't it be great if every single bus in West Yorkshire was electric? Um, in some in some areas, because of topography, that's not possible. So we're also looking at hydrogen for um, buses. But it is key to get the bus network right. Yeah, no, totally agreed. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of both electric and hydrogen buses, and I think both will be required uh in in the end actually so uh, that'll be great for uh, for leeds um is 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 west yorkshire up to uh, public transport numbers um of pre covid again now or are we still below um in some groups with young people we've bounced back and then some um concessions are rising um but for older people i think there's still a caution or older people have decided to use their car and then haven't come back to the bus network. Right. So it's 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 really important to me if we make that decision to bus uh, to franchise the network, you've got to have a robust uh, patronage as well. Irrespective of which decision I take, we have to get more people using the bus to tackle the climate emergency, if nothing else. In West Yorkshire, we've committed to zero carbon emissions by 2038 which is much sooner than the government's 2050. So we've got to get a move on. And the solution to the big the big part of that problem is transport. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I'm sure we'll come back to to, to uh, uh, the climate challenge as well. So, uh, but just uh, wondering, you know, you're 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 really passionate about bringing the bus network back under public control, um, which is part of, you know, what, what you've just been talking about and what you're, you're, you're trying to, uh, to achieve. What, what's the key advantage you think that that will bring to, you know, the listeners of, uh, of this conversation here um, once, you've, once you've managed to achieve that? Well, obviously, we're waiting for the outcomes of the consultation to then make the decision with all the evidence in front of us. But what I do know is that if you are running a network that is profit only, and that is your focus rather than social good, then you know that in city centres, you might have a decent bus network because you have good footfall. But for those communities that are the furthest away from opportunity, isolated estates that have one bus every two hours you know we know we will not grow the economy if that is the priority so that's why we started the work to look at what the best model would be and you will have seen in greater manchester in liverpool and elsewhere that um there is uh, an a, an overwhelming change in direction to make sure that we can serve the public in a better way because we can see evidence of how well it can work when you have um, a, a regular reliable affordable clean bus network everybody uses it you know the buses in london where you see pop stars and politicians and everybody on the bus because it is cheaper to use the bus, it is reliable, and you know how long it's going to take because there are bus priority lanes. So my role, obviously, I'll make uh, I'll make that decision in March, but I'm also not waiting 
Uh, and we are investing in bus priority lanes. We are investing in cheaper fares. We're investing in safer buses. I've been able to use some of my um, apprenticeship levy to train uh, PCSOs specifically for transport. So people feel safer when they go to bus stations and safer on the buses. So it's part of a whole picture of um, improvements across the whole of West Yorkshire. Yeah, in, indeed. Yeah. And let's talk about mass transit uh, uh, a little bit. You've already mentioned it, but, you know, I mean, it is crazy, I think, that, you know, I mean, you know, Leeds and then, I mean, the whole uh, conurbation of West Yorkshire. Um, I mean, it's got to be the largest urban region in Europe without a decent mass transit system, I think. I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm very familiar with, with, with lots of German cities and, you know, and I mean, they all have um, mass transit, tram systems, you know. I mean, some small cities even have undergrounds in uh, in, 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 in Germany, which is amazing. So, so what's your... You know, do you think you're going to be able to get there in in in, in Leeds and to get all of that connected with buses? Your your outrage, Jurgen, is is I share it. How is it right that Leeds and West Yorkshire, a, a, a conurbation of our size and our economic heft, uh, we we don't have a, a mass transit system? It doesn't make sense. So this is why. Um, we really focused in the first few months of becoming the mayor, how do we get this over the line? I know that in West Yorkshire, in Leeds, it's been, tri it's been um, tried before as the Leeds tram and so on. But I think the economic um, heft, as I say, of West Yorkshire has put us in a really unique position that now the stars are aligned that this isn't just about Leeds, this is about connecting the whole of West Yorkshire. So we've already started the work. We are now at a stage where we're looking at two lines, Bradford line, Leeds line. We are looking at the corridors and we'll be going out to public consultation on those um, imminently. Uh, we uh, uh, have got a support from government, which is very welcome. Uh, you'll have seen in the autumn statement that there was a commitment to West Yorkshire Mass Transit. And also, you may have seen in the um, uh, the Infrastructure Commission also recommended to government that we get that funding for Mass Transit. And to ensure that we start the work, not just in Leeds, but in uh, in Bradford and Leeds, because this is about connecting the whole of West Yorkshire. We have our plan, and I'd encourage people who are interested in transport geeks like myself, please do have a look at our website and look at the plan, and that will then go out to public consultation in more detail. But this is not something that can be done in a few years. This is going to be phased um, it's going to be a, a process and we will be adding to this mass transit network for many decades to come. So my job as a politician is also not just to persuade and to encourage this government to understand the value of unlocking um, areas of development, housing, business and so on but also any other iteration of government that we should continue the enthusiasm for mass transit because this is how you grow the economy. It's not just about connecting West Yorkshire. It's also about all of those jobs, what the supply chain of those businesses that are going to be delivering the bits of, of, of rail or the overhead or, um, you know, the, the, the planning, the transport planning, all of these super well-paid jobs 
tackling the climate emergency here in West Yorkshire, that's how you level up. That's how you grow. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, can I just take us outside of West Yorkshire for a minute? Because there's a really nice question just come in from uh, from Jonathan Riley. Um, you know, and I must admit, I I, I want to get on to also talking about, you know, how we get across the Pennines and how in the end it all connects together. But Jonathan makes a really good point. And again, it takes me back to my childhood, this, because I remember getting on the bus and going out to Harrogate and Otley and Ilkley. Um, and, uh, and Jonathan's asking exactly that question. You know, there's very few bus services these days, especially for young people, to be able to get out and enjoy the wonderful Yorkshire Dales, which, I mean, they really are amazing, aren't they? It was sort of when we came from Austria to Leeds, it was our sort of, it was our sort of getaway that, you know, reminded us a little bit of our, of our, of our own country. And we honestly, we loved it. And, but, but there isn't frequent enough services. So I, are you thinking about being able to get more regular connectivity, you know, just over the border into those lovely places? Well, I think there is an exciting moment in our history in the United Kingdom that is devolution. And whilst we have two metro mayors, South Yorkshire, West Yorkshire currently, there's going to be more metro mayors and there will be four for Yorkshire. And what I'm hoping is that as Yorkshire mayors, we could potentially work together to have exactly that, a Yorkshire pass. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, uh, and one of the things that was really important for me when we were developing our fare structure is that we had a number of different bus companies, Arriva, First, Transdev. They had a silo approach that you could only use that ticket on that bus uh, operated by that, that, that company. The um, day saver is 4.50 any bus, anywhere, any number of times across West Yorkshire. So I am hoping that if you live in Dewsbury and you fancy a day out with the kids, that you could have any number of buses, any any number of stops to go to Ilkley and to go shopping, then go see, go to swimming or go see your mom or then go to do your shopping. And you've only spent 4.50 on that day saver. That is quite, um, quite a thing. And whilst this isn't necessarily, I don't have the data to back this up, but I do believe it that potentially women do more traveling on buses be, uh, and have many trips because it may be, uh, getting to work, picking up the kids, going to see their parents or doing the shopping or going to gym or whatever. Th th there may be um, an opportunity for inclusivity as well uh, with this great fair that's only 450. And I, I do think we're ahead of the game as well with our M card, which is the most sophisticated travel card outside of the Oyster. And just imagine if we could have that ticketing for Yorkshire that is just a tap in, tap out M card. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a Yorkshire card. So there's loads of opportunities that Devolution's going to give us. Yeah, I love the idea of that Yorkshire oyster card. It, it really, really, really is great. Um, and, and just quickly, you know, I know we're, we're, we're focusing on West Yorkshire here, but, you know, I... I actually now live in Greater Manchester, although I'm a regular visitor over to Leeds because, as I said, my mum my, my is there. Um, and, and to be honest with you, 
I can't persuade my mum to get on the train to come over here to to Manchester. She still drives, or we have to pick her up because, you know, it's it, and it's not the really the frequency. It's just the you know, it's just not comfortable most of the times, and there's delays. And actually, I saw you you commented quite heavily on an article in the Observer on uh, uh, just on Sunday, didn't you? About you know telling some stories about the daily commute that people were suffering, you know, from getting from Leeds to Bradford or to Halifax or indeed from Bradford over to, to Manchester. I mean, I mean, how are we going to sort this out, Tracy? Well, it's about investment, Jürgen. And we finally got rid of those hellish pacer trains. That, <laughs> you know, I should be in, definitely in a museum somewhere. Um, uh, but I, I speak to the talks, uh, the, um, uh, the organisations regularly. Uh, we have a strategic partnership and it is about investment in new rolling stock. Public expect decent trains where you've got Wi-Fi, you can charge your phone, where there's a buffet service or, you know, a buffet to get a cup of tea. You're dead right that that quality of travel is also part of the experience. But the the annoying thing is you might have paid for your ticket and the, the train might be nice, but there's nowhere to sit. And you'll have seen the mayhem of the, of the weekend, you know, people rammed into trains coming out of London, um, you know, heading to Manchester and trying to get across to Leeds. Uh, absolute nightmare. Um, the key is investment. And we have seen underinvestment in the north for decades. The last time we saw investment in the north at scale was the Victorians. It is really time for a sea change. We're ready for it. I'm hoping that with a potential change of government, there is that sense that we can now invest in the North. That's how you level up. That's how you tackle the climate emergency. We are the home of manufacturing. We can do this. We have the vision. We have the plan. Um, it needs investment. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, and, and, and you know, Tracy, you know, I I sort of argue and campaign a lot for a you know a more modern industrialized northern Britain and and I, we're making such progress actually but you know our transport infrastructure just doesn't match up to to that to that vision and uh, my goodness you know the obviously the upgrade to the existing line between uh, um Liverpool right the way through to Hull and up to York I mean it is happening but it can't come quick enough and then we need that that new that new line uh, to uh, to come across to include Bradford um, and to just make the quality of the service so much uh, better. Um, right, I'm going to take us back to local because Ray's uh, put a a nice. Uh, well, it's, it's less of a, a question than a comment, I think, really. But and I'm pleased to hear that Ray, obviously a regular traveller on the buses out uh, to Harrogate and uh, and Ripon and Keithley, um, and he says that actually the services are excellent. Um, so I'm I'm pleased to hear it. I, I used to love a trip out to uh, to Betty's Tea Rooms in Harrogate from from Moortown, um, and uh, but he says they get stuck in traffic. I mean, what 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 can be what can be done to make that easier? Well, it's a two pronged approach. The investment in priority lanes. You've got to do that because if you've got the bus, it's all well and good. But if you're stuck in traffic, um, it's not reliable. So bus priorities. And then what I'm hoping is that because you can rely on the bus, you're less likely to use your car. We have got to give the public um, the impetus to leave the car on the drive because they can use public transport and can rely on it. That's the only way to solve it. And I know there's obviously conversations about, um, you know, the 
in in other cities in you know congestion charges and so on to dissuade people to use their cars we're not in that space what we need at the moment is we need to make transport offer so great that you wouldn't want to use your car and certainly around schools for example we've been investing a fair bit in walking to school programs so that parents don't jump in the car with their kids that they can walk and have a chat and you know they their children or they can cycle in and um you know our walk it ride it campaign really great campaign that, that has had some good outcomes but it's trying to get people to think twice um about about traveling and in fact i was at the bus stop the, about six months ago and a, a bus came the other way and the driver leant out the window and he said oh tracy what what are you doing waiting for a bus i said oh my car's in the garage because like the shop horror that that you know you wouldn't you you wouldn't use a bus as a first choice that it is always just because there's no other way to get to work it can't be that um people using cars and expensive taxes we've got to make it work yeah no we do and actually i mean you just mentioned cycles there so i'll just pick up one of the questions that's just come in and uh, and again i i used to cycle uh to school actually in leeds and uh, and honestly i mean there was just no you know having come from germany where there were cycle lanes everywhere there was no cycle lane at all and indeed i i do remember getting knocked off my bike once by a car and ending up in hospital with a broken wrist and uh you know and, and we've just got to make this safer so i mean um will uh, Evans Jones asking the question here. You, you've just you've just obviously put a consultation out on cycling. Uh, what's the response been? And is is you know and is that going to be able to get much better? Yeah, we'll feed that back uh, once we've consolidated the response. But you'll have seen the first three hundred electric bikes in Leeds being rolled out, and I'm hoping to roll that out across West Yorkshire. Our topography isn't always attractive for cyclists. Um, if you're not a regular cyclist, an electric bike is quite helpful. I'm a, I am love cycling. I too have been knocked off my bike, Jürgen. It's not pleasant. So my rule of thumb is, is this safe enough for your 12-year-old to cycle to school? That's got to be it, isn't it? Those priority lanes, um, that you know, that segregation is really important. And and uh, to to the um, the questioner, I don't know if they cycle, but you you tell me what you need to see. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, it's great. I think the way you're really engaging um west yorkshire in uh in in these consultations and you're clearly getting the feedback from uh from from the level of questions we're getting here keep your questions coming we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll try and come uh to uh to to all of them uh but i'm just going to move it sort of a little bit bigger picture uh for a minute and uh, and come on to devolution so uh you've already talked about it tracy and obviously you know you you know you're in a i think you're in a great position in west yorkshire now you've got a good devolution deal I mean, there's more to come. Brilliant now, as you've already said, that there is now a new devolution deal um, in uh, East Yorkshire and uh, and over to Hull. There's obviously already one in South Yorkshire. So, I mean, you know, what's your hopes out of more devolution? Um, and, uh, you know, and what, what more progress is that going to be able to help you make for, uh, for, for West Yorkshire uh, citizens? Devolution is a brilliant thing. It's a great thing to bring decision making uh, and the the money in order to deliver closer to the people who are the most affected. And here in West Yorkshire, we did a sort of a, a, a random calculation, but it's about £2.8 billion of extra investment in West Yorkshire because of devolution. 
Um, we've also city region sustainable transport settlement. We wouldn't have got that without devolution. Um, that ability to have a strategic view of a region is the way that you can make the most of your money. Now, you'll have seen in Greater Manchester and West Midlands that the trailblazer pilots have been rolled out and agreed with government. We've been campaigning really hard and working very closely with number 10 to get us to a place where there is a framework where um, MCAs that are mature like ourselves, that we can then um, build on uh, what we have already and go to that single settlement. So the level four deal that we were able to um, uh, get to with Michael Gove was really helpful in this space as well, getting us getting it over the line. Jeremy Hunt, I know, was a fan of it. Um, to get us to a point where we can then go to the next phase. But within the level four um, uh, framework, we will have a single settlement for transport and also for levelling up. Because the thing that holds us back, Jürgen, is the beauty contest that we're having to bid in and spend, you know, substantial amounts of money framing these arguments about why we deserve this, 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 you know, crumb off the table. When our success is other people's failure, we know what we need. Um, we make the case to government and government then give us um, what the... There is still um, a, a way to work out how the money is then divvied up between MCAs, but that work is ongoing. I'm so excited about devolution. This is the way forward. I've been making the case as well to Labour, and I know that after the Gordon Brown's work, they really understand the shift from Whitehall and Westminster of power and money to regions is cost effective, but also will help level up and grow the economy. Yeah, no, brilliant. Actually, a very nice question there just coming from uh, from Dom, Dom Lowe, um, saying, you know, is it all about extra funding? You know, you mentioned this 2.8 billion, which obviously, you know, because obviously you need, you know, a lot of investment to make the transport better. Or is it about other extra powers as well that really help you design a better uh, local transport infrastructure? Um, of course, the extra powers around buses, for example, um, we've had to follow a process that is quite, to be quite frank, cumbersome from government and is quite um, exhaustive and understandably you have to consult and so on. But it did feel, it does feel like it's taking us a long time to get to this, this point. Now, we are a year ahead of where some other MCAs were at this point. We've worked really fast to get to the decision point for next March, but to be able to have more autonomy over the bus network decisions would have been helpful. Um, we've seen in Liverpool, for example, that there are um, networks that are run by the MCA, uh, working with um, the, the rail operators. Uh, that is something that potentially we could be looking at, but mass transit to, you know, to deliver mass transit using, you know, uh, working with government, of course, but not having to jump through so many hoops to, um, you know, to keep the persuasive argument going, just to accept that that's what we need would also be great. There are other um, funding streams that would benefit from those single settlements. And for example, adult education is one, five different funding streams, different deadlines, different departments. Um, we need uh, adult education, um, for example, to be more streamlined so we can deliver on skills and training for transport. 
um, to, so we can get the pipeline of talent ready for mass transit, for example. So each, each bit that we can get where we can have more autonomy is going to help other bits within the system. So yeah. the single settlement is what we're heading for, but I am pleased with the next level, level four, um, uh, there are greater greater powers and and uh, more stability of the finances excellent well good luck with uh, getting to that uh, single uh, single settlement um there's a question from anthony uh, duckenfield somebody who clearly uh, um um understands uh, investment in uh, in in transport infrastructure very well and it's it's one that interests me as well this idea of land value capture and maybe we need to explain to 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 others what that is and that is that you know if through better transport infrastructure you help raise the price um of especially commercial property around then there can be mechanisms by which you take some of that increased uh, value um probably through some local taxation uh, to help you then reinvest i mean is that something that's in your thinking in uh, in in west yorkshire absolutely it makes a whole load of sense um uh the challenge is um what's the value of the land um, and there are areas of West Yorkshire that the land is more valuable than others. So I know that Crossrail in London is something, for example, to use it to use land value capture for London. Of course, it's going to be exponential, and you could really trade that. Here in West Yorkshire, we would have to be very clear that this in some areas could be a slow return and it would need patient finance. But there's also other ways to do it. Um, it's not just about unlocking the value of um, a new development, say for business or housing, but potentially Leeds has um, had an innovation where uh, the builders paid a tax on a roof of each house as the road was being developed and that 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 tax on the on the roof went towards paying for the road so there is other ways to team and ladle this but there is no doubt that we are going to have to find our own contribution if we're asking you know massive amounts of money from government we will need our own local contribution and you know in 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 uh in Manchester you have the fare box of the tram there's other ways or the airport we're going to have to be really creative and innovative in how we get that but i do believe it's about a public private partnership we won't be able to do this without the private sector so i'm really um we've got some great relationships locally uh with um developers and with investors and so on so those relationships will only deepen yeah, no, indeed. And I'm glad you said uh, it's all about public-private partnership because, you know, there is sometimes they think, look, you know, we need to just take everything and nationalise it. By the way, I totally think we, as a, you know, as a key private sector person, I think we need to private, we need to nationalise, we need to take buses into our local hands. I totally agree with that. You know, but then there is, you know, the supporting infrastructure around that, you know, the electric charging and the uh, hydrogen uh, filling stations. Well, you know those sorts of things have to be provided by the private sector you know so it is about a partnership isn't it um well look we've got loads more questions going in i'm going to try and get to a few of them in a minute but before i do that i'm just going to sort of come back to to, to bigger picture uh, uh just for a minute and uh, and look into next year because uh i mean a it's not far away um 
and uh, and B, it's going to be quite a big year, isn't it? Because, I mean, you've got mayoral uh, elections, of course. We're, we're definitely going to have a general election. We don't know yet when, whether it'll be nearer the beginning uh, or whether it'll be uh, nearer the end. We don't know that. But, uh, you know, how are you feeling about next year and what are your sort of hopes? What will you be looking for from, from a future government? Well, I hope I'm re-elected, Jürgen, in the first instance in May. Um, I, I would be delighted if there's a general election in May, because that means more people come out to vote. Um, and I'd be working really hard to um, uh, tell the story about what we've delivered so far and what we hope to deliver in the next four years. But you're right, a change of government, uh, potentially, could also shift the balance and the understanding about the investment in transport. Um, I, I'm excited by the um, uh, the 28 billion for the the uh, green, the green plan uh, that we've seen for that has been mentioned by Labour. I really think that the way you can level up the country, particularly as we are an area of manufacturing, is uh, and uh, we know that transport is part of the solution to the climate emergency. You, I'm hoping we can have conversations about how that money could be helpful here in across the north, working collectively as MCAs across the north um, to have that vision of that green corridor, that that zero carbon corridor of the north with transport all interconnected. And um, so that's the story I'm telling. I do hope that. Um, Labour are going to continue their their desire for further devolutions to support mayors. Um, but it's going to be an interesting and different relationship because when things go wrong, sometimes it's easy to blame the current government. But when they your friends, I'm not quite sure um, it's as easy to to be so so irritable. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to next year. I do think it's going to be great. And if I could just put a plug in for Convention of the North, 1st of March in Leeds, I think this is going to be a fantastic shop window for the North to say to whoever's going to be the government, this is who we are. This is what we want for the future. These are our ambitions and this is our vision. So anybody that um, is interested in, in that, please do um, check it out. Convention of the North in March. Brilliant. I'll be there, uh, Tracy. Um, so let's move and take a few of these uh, these questions. Um, so we've got to, we've got at least a good ten minutes left. So uh, I mean, I think you've you've sort of just been discussing the one that uh, Eduardo's uh, asking a question here about you know developing this high speed transport link between uh, the northern cities. This is really northern powerhouse rail, um, which will be an extra line that will run all the way from Liverpool um, over into Leeds and create a lot more um connectivity so i mean any any more thoughts on that i mean do you think do you think we're going to make this happen uh, uh, tracy well it needs to happen jürgen because it's about capacity and that's why i was absolutely heartbroken and furious about the cancellation of hs2 because we have to connect these big cities for all of our benefit, for the national good. And then to say, well, we're now reinvesting that money in projects that are just little bits of what we had as our visionary plan developed over a number of years um, with t you know, uh, transport for the north. We know what we need, which is a new line east to west with a through station in Bradford. So government have said this... Um, you know, Network North, well, we will invest in a new station in Bradford. Thank you, 
I'm really grateful. We've been campaigning for a new station. It's terrific that will connect us to Huddersfield and then onto the upgraded Transpennine route. But that's not it. That's not the limit of our ambitions. We want that new east to west line so we have greater capacity because you and I will have both been sat behind a stopping train while we're on a fast train. And because there is no capacity and no resilience in the network, um, it all grinds to a halt. That is why that new line is needed. And we need that vision rather than just piecemeal, um, you know, small pots of money to invest in stations or uh, electrification. And electrification is great. The Sheffield to Leeds electrification, we're, you know, we really welcome it. But that was supposed to be part of HS2. That was cut. Then HS2 cut from Birmingham to Manchester. It just seems as if we can't do infrastructure in this country. We have no ambition. And I can't imagine what our European partners think about us. Mm. But when the Prime Minister's own infrastructure commissioner is saying, it, you know, it, it shows we have no ambition or we're incapable of building infrastructure projects. I think that, you know, that's a wake up call to all of us. I totally, totally agree with you. Um, and look, um, I'm the same as you, as you know, uh, Tracy. And thanks for all your support as well. I mean, I think it's been brilliant the way the you know all the mayors have worked together um, to 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 see whether we can find a way forward to see if we can find a sensible outcome for what is currently a very unsatisfactory situation on on high speed uh, two. And uh, um, and Eduardo uh, just reminding me there as well that actually we do have a gay mayor in Andy Street, of course. I do know Andy well, by the way. Uh, I was thinking about northern mayors, but look, but what's brilliant is that, you know, Andy Andy is really supportive of that connectivity uh, to the north. Um, and indeed, we need that Birmingham West Midlands connectivity to the north as much as we need Birmingham to uh, London better uh, uh, connectivity. And just uh, on that, I do, I do think mayors are where the solutions are because you'll have seen the two Andys getting together, setting up, saying, "Shall we set up a company? Bring in the private sector. We know we need this, and if government don't have the ambition, well, we're going to show you that the mayors do. How the mayors work together um, when Transpennine was utterly failing us, and being, you know, we 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 represent twenty two million people. We are a a force for good um, to to the tugboats pushing government into the right position. Yeah, no, and I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, and and by the way, I, I you know I've lived in Germany quite a bit, and I do see some parallels. You know, of how devolution and then the local authorities all working together you know really brought cities like for example uh, Dusseldorf Cologne Essen you know I remember those being not places where you would consider just jumping on a on a mass transit or a train to go for dinner from Cologne to Dusseldorf but you would now um, whereas you know I'm not sure I would jump on a train to go for a dinner in Leeds tonight and then come back again the same evening. You know, it's not in our mindset. And I think we should be able to do that, shouldn't we, um, as we uh, we get into the future. And talking of, of night time and going for dinner, there was a question here about... Can uh, me out for dinner, Jürgen? <laughs> oh, yeah, we should do that, Tracy. We should do that. <laughs> Let's give it a go, see if I can get back the same evening on the train. <laughs> 
um, and uh, and Martin's asking the question here: What is the plan for the nighttime uh, uh, economy? Um, that uh, Leeds only has one nighttime bus in the whole city, which is the N1. Apparently, I don't know which route the N1 takes. Um, but uh, uh, you know, is there is there more plan for for putting on buses for the nighttime economy? So when we had the mayor's big bus chat, I was expecting much more of a demand for nighttime buses because of students. We've mm. um, seven, seven, you know, seven universities um, uh, in in West Yorkshire. Surely people want you know nighttime buses like you have in London. Um, there wasn't as much of a demand as I thought, and they are eye-wateringly expensive. However, I know that there is a fair chunk of the nighttime economy workforce that work for the NHS um, that don't necessarily have the same resources available for healthy eating, proper transport, safe travel, that, that if you work in the daytime. So it's something that I'm really looking into and actually looking at it from a fairness point of view, that if you work at night, you shouldn't be disadvantaged um, because of the time that you work uh, in, comp in comparison to um, somebody that works in the day. What I'm particularly concerned about, more of a priority for me actually, is the early boss and the late boss. And hearing um, stories of people who work on a trading estate, and the only way a group of workers could get to work is for all of them to pile into one car and one of them travel in the boot. You know, this is no good. We want early bosses, earlier bosses, to make sure that people um, can get to work on time. If you start at six, you're going to need an early bus rather than the nighttime uh, bosses. But if there is a need, this is where, when we've taken the decision about franchising, that. Does, you know, that ability to then work out what does your community, your citizens, what do they need? What are they asking for in a bus network rather than what is the most, um, you know, profitable? Yeah, no, very good. So there you go, uh, uh, Martin. So you need to get your people who are in enjoying the nighttime economy to answer the consultations and uh, and uh, and create the uh, uh, the demand. Because yeah, I'm I'm sure there is the demand. And as you say, you know, when you take into account the nighttime workers as well. Um, Tracy, there was a question here when we were earlier talking about hydrogen um, and a question here and uh, I can help here a little bit as well because I, I, I really do uh, quite support the hydrogen economy and it's saying uh, are hydrogen fueled buses viable um, given that hydrogen is not being produced in the UK, brackets I can clarify, we can definitely produce hydrogen in the UK uh, but you know some will be imported I know so so what's your view in terms of the cost of hydrogen buses i think um i think this is part of our future hydrogen has got to be part of the picture because you cannot have um uh, battery powered buses across some of our topography you've got to find another way to do it we've seen across the world that large vehicles whether that's delivery vehicles whether that's plant machinery um uh, uh, plant vehicles that hydrogen can be useful. We've seen uh, the Infrastructure Commission 
uh, veer away from hydrogen in homes, but still support it in transport. And um, I do think there is a way to do this. Um, there, there's uh, early early stage work going on in Bradford. Um, there's a, a group that we're bringing together and convening. And I think this will be part of the offer because yeah. it can't all be about batteries because you, you know, you also have to then the energy has to go two ways in the in the battery and then out again. It's that the pressure on the grid is going to be rise exponentially. Um, whether we have the capacity for that, I think hydrogen could be part of the solution to capacity problems. Yeah, no, I, and I I do totally agree. You know, especially for some of the longer range services. You know, maybe services that you are running round the clock, um, where it's more difficult to uh, to to charge up. Uh, and on the production of hydrogen, you know, actually, you know, not very far away from West Yorkshire, you've got East Yorkshire and Humber and Hull, and uh, you know, there's masses amount of uh, offshore wind energy that, in my previous role at Siemens, um, I helped uh, deliver. Um, and uh, you know, and and lots of nighttime energy there, which you can use to make green hydrogen. Um, with uh, with equipment called electrolyzers, and actually, there's a factory in South Yorkshire um, that makes electrolyzers. So actually, it's a you know, there's real potential to create an economy, to also create jobs. Um, so 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 I think there is uh, there is there is quite an exciting opportunity there. Um, I say, Jürgen, mm. just on that, we do need leadership from the centre. Yeah, because it does feel like government still haven't decided, and so if you haven't decided. As a government, then you're not going to get the private sector to jump in. They're yeah. just going to be too cautious. And the same is with ground source heat pumps. You know, the, you know, I've, I, I talk to people all the time and I say, I'm not going to take the risk, not just yet. I need, to, you know, we need to know that this is the direction of travel. And especially when you've had the handbrake turn, if you pardon the pun, on the um, EV uh, cars, you know, the the um, zero zero emissions cars from centre, central government. I just think people are cautious of jumping in. So we've got to show local leadership as well. No, totally. Yeah. And you are so right. You know, we need a much, much stronger joined up strategy, you know, both for, uh, you know, electric buses, obviously electric vehicles and for the whole hydrogen economy, right? The way from producing the energy, producing the hydrogen to using it. And very importantly, you know, the fantastic industries and jobs this can uh, this can create for uh, uh, for people in our cities as well. Um, let's take a couple more questions. There's one that... Uh, brought us back to cycling, um, mm -hmm. which you know is 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 an important part of uh, the mix. And uh, and the question here is about secure cycle parking, uh, particularly in you know when you've come in and you want to leave your bike in the city centre. You know there is an issue with 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 cycle theft. I know it's the same in Manchester and Leeds, and uh, and I'm sure it is in Bradford and Halifax too. Um, so any more plans for for for, for that, Tracy? A bit more secure parking for people. Yeah, well, when we're looking at our new bus stations, then we've got one, for example, in Hemmendwijk. Secure parking for your bikes is really important because cycling is part of that transport plan. So you can cycle to the bus stop and either fold up your bike and take it on the bus with you, and then you jump on mass transit at the, in, at the other side. 
or you can leave it there and you can feel secure. I've had far too many bikes nicked and it's so dispiriting that you've got to go through the insurance claim and all of that drama and you've lost your lights and your panniers and all of that. So, um, you know, I feel the pain of the, of, of the person that's sent that message, but that is always going to be part of our planning. And you'll see in Leeds um, City Station, there's going to be uh, secure uh, cycles um, parked there. So, yeah, it's absolutely perfect. Priority. Yeah, great. Thanks. And then our, I think the final question I'll take is mass transit. Bring us back to mass transit again. I think we've talked a lot about <clears throat> about buses and cycling, and great to you know see how what the plans and how things are improving. Uh, but in the end, mass transit is going to be a big part of it. And there's a specific question here: how's the how's the tram bit of the mantra of mass transit? You know, how's that going? Um, the vision for it? Any more you can say about that? Well, um, it's a great question because this is all part of our development. What I've said to the team is we have to be absolutely future-proofed. So making a decision now when actually in two years' time we might be then signing off procurement of the design, I think wouldn't be necessarily the best place to be. Um, I'm not sure overheads are the solution, the overhead rails um lines are of the solution we there is innovation i've seen in birmingham for example where they can drop drop away so th there's 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 lots of um debate going on but we have absolutely researched the best in the world and we'll be taking the best the most modern the most future-proofed version for west yorkshire um because it has to be fit for the next two decades because it's going to be the you know the first iteration of it. As I say, it's going to be phased, and there may be changes um, as it's developed in particular corridors. De de you know, depending on topography. Um, but be reassured that we will be taking the best. Yeah, no, I'm sure you will be. And, wh and when will all that be? You know, when will you be able to sort of put that vision and uh, and and put it out there so people can see what it's going to look like? When will that be? Well, spades in the ground, 2028. So, 2028, right. So we will definitely be, by around that point, we will know what the design looks like because we'll need to know because we'll have um, the beginning of the earthworks going on. Fabulous. Well, and 2028 is really only just around the corner, isn't it? I know, it's so, a million miles away and I can't bear these long-term these long deadlines because I'm so impatient. But oh, these yeah. things need to be done properly. Brilliant. We're nearly out of time, but I've, I've got to ask one final question myself, uh, uh, Tracy, which is, you know, coming back to where you, you started as an actress and uh, and and what's your, your favourite transport-related movie or maybe TV show or, or can, you, can you link acting back to transport for us? <laughs> planes, planes, automobiles, I don't know. Um, uh, railway children? I mean, it's got to be that, hasn't it? Because it's all shot in Yorkshire. And actually, having yeah. seen the original as a kid and just hearing accents on the telly when, you know, I, I had a very thick Yorkshire accent. So to hear yourself reflected sometimes is quite good. Fantastic. Oh, perfect. You've had that question before, haven't you? That was that was a very smooth and quick answer. Railway <laughs> children it is. I'll get it out and have another watch of it over Christmas. Um we really have 
run out of time. Uh, Tracy, it's been absolutely fabulous speaking to you. And I must admit, it's sort of exciting to hear about the plans for uh, uh, for West for West Yorkshire. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just wish you so well with all of those plans. I personally think that West Yorkshire is lucky to have you. I hope it goes well uh, in the uh, in the elections in uh, in May. Um, and uh, and really, thank you very much for taking the time uh, joining the conversation by the number of questions we've had. And I'm sorry we didn't manage to get to all of them, uh, but maybe it's a conversation we can continue at uh, some point. Uh, because the Urban Transport Group, who uh, put this uh, conversation on for you, they will be uh, hosting uh, future online conversations about the future of transport um, in uh, West Yorkshire, uh, because it is so important to all of us, isn't it? Um, and it's great that Tracy cares so much, and I'm sure will continue to improve urban transport for everybody in West Yorkshire. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Tracy. You have a great afternoon. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, Gagan. Thanks, folks. <laughs>